Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you, as always, for stopping by and listening to my podcast. As you regular listeners will know, I sponsor my own show and I'm the midlife success coach, obviously podcast host, writer, author, speaker, etc. You can find out more about me at sarahjnaylor.com. However, as you know, also, I like to get on with the show rather than rattle on about sponsoring my own show. So I'm going to hand over now to the fabulous Joe and Aidan to introduce themselves. Please do introduce yourselves to my awesome audience. I love it. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Aidan Orange. I'm from Tipperary, Ireland, but now based in lovely, sunny London. (laughs) Uh, My name's Joel Berman. I have lived in London my whole life. I grew up in North London and now I am in West London with my lovely husband, Aidan Orange. Oh, yeah, I'm married. (laughs) Yes, we are married. (laughs) Which is great. It's fabulous to at last meet you both because uh, obviously I've been been aware of you both for a long time because actually Joel is a very good friend of my friend Lorraine's daughter and I've heard so much about you both and it's like, I want to get you onto my podcast. So I'm delighted that you're both here because I love what you both do. But then, you know, you both do different things, but then with what you come together. So yeah, do share the story and what, what it is that you do do with my awesome audience. Do you want to start? Well, I started in musical theatre in terms of my career and then I realised I did enough of that. wanted to get out of that toxic industry. wanted to just sing. So I worked as a session singer for a couple of years and then you started to do drag. Well, I used to work in and out of dance companies and then I fell into photography, which I fell in love with completely and straight I, away. I pushed him into photography. <laughs> I was very lucky. I started photographing drag queens from um, England and America. And just being around those people, they gave me loads of energy and loads of confidence. And they would always say stuff like, girl, you should do drag. Yeah, sure. It's not for me. I had no desire whatsoever. And then we had a friend uh, called Ginzilla, who's from Australia, big drag queen. And she was like, look, girl, I'm going to make you up. It'll be really cool. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And I felt the visual and felt the vibe for like five minutes, but I was very uncomfortable. So then a year later, we thought, maybe I'll just try it one more time. I haven't stopped since I tried it that one more time. About a year and a half into that, this one decided, well, you look like you're having fun doing it. So could I possibly do it? Yeah. I said no. (laughs) We were really, really lucky during COVID. I was also a personal trainer. And now I just thank the universe that I got that qualification just in time to just let us able to live live during COVID because luckily the fitness industry was something that really exploded. And then during that, when performances could start again, Aidan got a residency at a club called West Vive in London. So we would do the shows together. I would get up and sing a bit. And then as our drag queen friends came to see the shows, they just turned around to me and said, look, you can really, really sing. So just try drag, just try it. And so oh, I always yeah, because it's just that easy. You just try. <laughs> just stick some hair and, and some some hair on it. Slap a bit of makeup on. And I've always been really into art and drawing and painting. If I wasn't going to go to go to drum school, I was going to go to art to do uni. So I've always loved makeup. And then no, you haven't always loved makeup. You always love like painting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So this little bitch just even tried makeup for the first time and looked like stunning, like a masterpiece. And I couldn't understand how. 
he was able to do that. But with the A-level background of art and stuff. Yeah, it was just the brush technique. I had that in college. We just started to do drag together. We got a residency to do drag bingo at a really nice pub venue in West London. I won't say the name. We're not working there anymore. (laughs) No uh, free advertising then. No No. free advertising then for sure. And then, yeah, we just started to do more and more together. And now over the past year, we've been doing private events, corporate events, pride events. We have a residency at the Hard Rock Hotel doing their drag brunch every Sunday in Marble. Yeah, this year's kicked off with a bang. And I I still sing as a boy. I still do my own thing as a singer. And then I drag. Aiden uh, still does photography. That's incredible. So, I mean, it's been in quite a short time frame, hasn't it? How you sort of moved it around and, and to have all that mu- that much work in drag is an absolute, is, wow, it's amazing, absolutely awesome. Yeah, even as you were just saying that, I realised the thing that, like, I realised really early on with you even trying drag was we'd get on the mic and he would say, us two are married. People didn't believe it because there was mm. two queens and it just made it even more like, oh, yeah, people like... They, they just loved that extra factor of like, oh, so you two are really together and yeah. really working together. Because yeah. if you are in a relationship, you all know how like how hard it is to work together, you yeah. know, and be honest and stuff. Yeah. So people just, I don't know, they could see that thing and just us laughing together. Yeah. And I think what was really nice was that people say that, how is it working together? And I think being in drag, because you're kind yeah. of that elevated character, we're more honest with each other. We, very quick we're very point. quick to the yeah. point. Like, kind of the hang-ups that sometimes you might have in a relationship, you don't really have them in drag. So it just worked and we just kept rolling with it, you know, and people were like coming to see us because of our yeah. banter and because of our relationship. And I think they probably just wanted to see if they're still together. I mean, you can see it with you both. I mean, you've got this obviously natural rapport, but you bounce off each other as well. And so when you've got that together, as you say, you can come out. And also, of course, we must mention that people won't be seeing at the moment, you're both bearded drag queens as well. Bearded drag queens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really strange because like, sometimes people like won't even notice it. And I think because we're not walking around going, we're bearded drag queens, it's yeah. not such a thing. But like, especially with you, because you've got a ginger beard, it will take people almost a second to go up close to you and be like, oh, you've got a beard. And I think it's really interesting. Like, I did a brunch last month and one of the ladies at the end asked me, if you wanted to do it full time, would you shave your beard? And she thought because I had a beard, that just it just meant that I wasn't yeah. a full-time drag queen. It's still not like a mainstream thing, but it's definitely a, more, a lot more popular and it hasn't stopped us from getting No, well, I anything. think it's obviously watching RuPaul's Drag Race and you've obviously got Danny Beard. Or Danny Stubble, as Danny I like to say. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got quite such a full beard as either of you two. That's very true. Very true. But do you, do you think that, because, I mean, because of RuPaul's Drag Race and bringing that more, I guess, mainstream via the television, has that, the whole beard thing, do you think that sort of opened that, opened that up a bit? I don't know. I mean, does it make it more, I don't know. Do you, you know what I'm trying to say? Is it become more sort of not acceptable? Because that, that's the wrong word. But it is acceptable. That is the word. It just maybe, it just sounds a bit harsh as you kind of it. But saying that, I remember when season one was being auditioned for, and I was only in drag four and a half minutes and people were saying, Aiden, you have to apply. You have to apply. And I was like, I can barely do eyeliner. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> but then, But I kept saying, but there's Danny Beard. Like, let him be the first one on to kind of break the way. Because everybody knew about Danny Beard. Mm. Um, so I was always waiting for him to get on first to, like, break the mould. Then he gets on and fucking wins the show. But there is also another um, drag queen, Madam, Madam something, so, sorry, uh, you know. Um, and um, she's in the Amsterdam franchise of the drag race. So she was the first ever, ever queen 
to have a beard on Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. And then next it will be Aidan Orange. It will, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Both of you, in fact. I think you both need to go on. Both of us. Um, I'm not such a fan of Drag Race. Are you not? So... Oh, that's interesting. I'm curious. Do, do, do enlighten me, because I find I love the people, being a coach and, and sort of looking at cycle. I just love the sort of the story behind behind it and listening and watching and learning and actually what I mean you're coming back to the makeup oh my gosh the outfits the makeup the styling it's just phenomenal but yeah I mean I know they I guess is it because you're a proper singer and they do all the lip syncing no 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 so look, I I nearly got on queen of the universe season two uh, which is something that I potentially would like to go for again it's just I've spent so many years now pushing to do my own thing and I because I did musical theatre and I've done contracts where you're really constricted to what you can do and also to be honest they treat the drag queens like shit so they don't treat them like no, shit no they do no it's not it's not like shit it's just it's a it's a very intense four or five weeks and like they don't have time but it's to, like, not that they it's... don't have time to nurture you and no you know. it's not the nurturing it's the fact that like i've done productions i've done adverts and to hear the horror stories of how you do actually get yeah. treated yeah and then to know that then you're you're literally signing your life away in those contracts for however long you want to be in them. I just don't really want to do it. I'd rather do Britain's Got Talent. I'd rather yeah. do The Voice, which are two shows that I got interest from last year. The other thing is, like, the show is not what you think it is. Everything is scripted. They decide who the final four are like at the beginning. So it really doesn't matter how well you do. It doesn't matter what you bring to the show. If they don't want you in the final, you're not going to be in the final. RuPaul doesn't even really choose who's in the final anyway. I'm, you are just spilling the yeah, tea. Yeah, because it's a, it's, a hor- it's a horror show. And the thing is, unless you're a fan of the show, and I appreciate that like you'd want to go on it, I just know that I would get on it and I would be a problem child, but only because I wouldn't want to go with what the producers are saying. Like, even with the, even with Britain's Got Talent, you know, they were like, right, so what we want you to do is we want you to, like, come on the stage as a boy and then we're going to just, like, cut and then you'll come back on in drag and we'll give you, like, an hour to get ready. And instantly, I was just like, absolutely fucking not. Like, I'm not doing any of that bullshit stuff. That is all Drag Race is. And for me, I'd rather not be owned by Wild Productions at all. I'd rather just get on TV somehow, some way else that I can still be in control because I've spent so many years now being in control of my own career, I just wouldn't want to give that up at all. I just know that there would be so many issues I'd have with the show and I just, I'm not willing to no, do that's, it. No, but that's great. I think that's brilliant, Joe, because I think, and I, I, just, I do hear you. And I mean, I, in terms of all of these shows, I remember reading years and years and years ago, it was it was Ben Elton's book and basically it was a bit of a spin on the pop idol and those kind of things. And it is, it's it's it, it's a show. At the end of the day, it's an entertainment show. It's, it's not necessarily a... Uh, show to find talent because they've they've gone out they've done the research they've they've found the people that they want to come in to and they know who they want to win and it's all orchestrated i mean in, in i don't know whether you've read a ben elton's book in the sort of storyline of it it's like prince charles to win or something i can't remember it was something along those lines like it's probably been 20 years since i read it it's so manipulated and even now like i still watch it with aiden but i do struggle because You've got these really talented people that are just getting absolutely destroyed by the show because they portray you however they want. Even to the point where they get you to film for about an hour (gasps) reactions so they can make you react to what... So if they want you to look like you're a shady queen, they'll get a clip of you doing a shady reaction to something that you didn't even react to. And then, you know, they want to say, like, don't blame it on the edit. And they want to say, like, um, you know, don't listen to the trolls online. Well, 
you're manipulating that. Mm-hmm. So, and they're not responsible in any way. And I just feel like that's just no. not for me. No, I mean, I absolutely. And you've got to be, you've got to do what's right for you. And, you know, it's a bit from what you're saying, you know, you're in control of your own destiny. And it's a bit like myself having been self-employed now since 2009. I, I wouldn't want to work for anybody else. I don't want somebody to put, clip my wings. I, I need to be able to do my own thing. <laughs> and do what I want, you know, like we are doing now, recording mid-afternoon a podcast. It's like, yeah, hey, bring it on. But, you know, it, 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 you know, it can make it tougher for yourself because you've not got those op- openings, but then you've still got the freedom and it's it's weighing that up, you know, what is it that you want and why do you, why do you want it? Will that springboard you into something, but then how much control? I mean, you see, you've only got to read and hear the stories of people in the... In the sort of that, that in the industry, even what was it we were watching? We've watched the Pamela Anderson one on Netflix, and I watched one about Marilyn Monroe, and you know, going back decades. But equally, then, well, how you know, Britney Spears has been manipulated because actually, all of these people are making money out of the acts, the artists, and things like that. And actually, if you can control your own destiny, that's a far better place to live. I mean, I, I'm completely on the other shoe. Like, it isn't my be all and end all to get onto Drag Race. If it happens, it happens. I really don't. Care. I can live vicariously through other people around me <laughs> and the work the jobs and live the dream but for me watching the show like I hate having certain people around me because they're like oh, that's fake and I'm like okay girl let me enjoy it yeah of course yeah. and like I'm not stupid like we have friends that have been in every single season of Drag Race they come here and they go let me tell you everything and I'm like I hear it but also, that's why I think if I ever did go on that show, like, I wouldn't give a shit. Like, I know exactly what's happening, so I would just go with it, really. Well, we're all individuals, aren't we? That's the beauty of it all. We're all unique individuals, and if we were all the same, it, the world would be a blooming, boring place. And what's right for one isn't right for another, and it's, you know, it's based on what your experiences of the world are and how you, you know, your internal drivers and everything. It's what, what, you, get, what you get enjoyment out of, you know. You don't all, don't all want to sit down and watch the same thing, but, you know, it's having that commonality and understanding and appreciation and then collaborating like you two do with what you do do in your relationship and on the stage, which is which is awesome, which is absolutely amazing. So are you doing drag most of the time then? Or what, what percentage of time are you now sort of in drag compared to sort of doing PT and photography and things like that? So I don't PT anymore. Oh, do you not? One, yeah, so once I started drag, and I was very lucky, like it just exploded. So I, I could stop the PTing and really my whole life I've always tried to do more than one thing and I just thought that if I just don't go for this as a singer, whether I'm in or out of drag, I'll never know how far I could take it. So now I am just working as a full-time singer and it's nice like I, I like when I talk to people and they say oh, what do you do? I can say oh I'm a singer not like oh, I'm a singer and I do a bit of personal training and I do a bit of this and like it's nice now to just have that one focus to have more time in the day to relax or be organized and when I was trying to make that transition out of PTing I was doing clients like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a bit of Thursday and then gigging Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, including um, hours like yeah, like, early, like just, early and that was and that was like a lot of sessions as well Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so I was just I just couldn't live like that and being freelance you understand that money goes up and down so really taking the PTing out it was a bit scary but it wasn't too scary because you know I've done it before where you know you know money goes up and down and all that sort of stuff and and now I'm just yeah full-time singer now that's awesome so what you know the sort of singing that you do when you're not in drag so I'll do like some demos and stuff for maybe an advert jingle um, and I want to get into a little bit more session singing uh, trying to get my voice and some records and stuff like that Um, I also have a disco show called Disco Inferno that goes around the country into theatres and overseas 
and overseas. Yeah, I've done a few gigs overseas with them as well. Joel, you're international. Yeah. <laughs> hey! I've done that since musical theatre. You know, I did an international tour of Jersey Boys that went around China and Dubai. Basically, I'd like to say I do a bit of everything. I do cabaret out of drag as well, but mainly cabaret in drag uh, just because it works a bit better it's easier to get the work as well completely freelance singer essentially that's awesome and what what about you Aidan how are things with you so what I like about my life right now is let's say we do three days a week of drag Mm -hmm. I'll do one day a week of photography and the rest of the week is oh we can just enjoy like walking around the streets going to the park staying up late not staying up late getting up early doing stuff making things it's just yeah nice to enjoy because also you know when we would would be working for other people working five days a week two days off like i one day to sleep yeah. one day to clean back to the yeah, grind yeah. With you. yeah 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 that's that's amazing yeah are you still doing predominantly sort of drag queen photography yeah so it's a mixture i do drag queens and like actors and the ordinary person i know that sounds a bit rude, but i love the- <laughs> but i do i do great I suits it. as well <laughs> No, I, but I love that mixture of, like, of everything, everything yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, we've done quite a lot of photography for kids, which I never thought I'd get into, but I'm, I, I mean, I, I love that. Mm. Um, yeah. Because I was a performer, because Aidan used to work at uh, Pineapple Dance Studios, and that's that's how we met. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. I mean, I remember the pineapple of the sort of the 80s and the sort of the, the head... I'm going back. I'm old. I'm old. Headbands and <laughs> wrist and war- leg warmers. <laughs> I used to have... I used to I tell you, I used to do aerobics with the, the thong leotard on over the top of my tights. Oh, say. Oh, man. <laughs> God knows. It's face. just like when I think back now, I'm going, oh, my word, thong leotard. <laughs> well, that's, no, that's what everyone did. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, back so to Pineapple Studios. <laughs> that's how we met. And so for us with the photography, it was an easy kind of avenue in to just do the headshots, do the dance portfolios, that sort of thing. And then you expanded more into productions as yeah. well. Yeah, productions. And then we did um, meet and greets for, for drag queens, and that's how we got intro- introduced to the drag queens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was really amazing because like, as a photographer... Um, and I would be his assistant on the on the day. Like we would be going to West Five, which was a club at the time that would regularly have RuPaul Drag Race girls. So we were hanging out with Courtney Act, Sharon Needles, Willem, de la Creme, de la Creme Jinx, Jinx Monsoon, Raja, Juju, literally all of them, all the main ones. You know, we that they were who we were working with and yeah. meeting. So yeah, it was amazing. When I start about doing drag or tr- trying to take it seriously um obviously covid just hit us so like nobody was having no careers but we'd be at home we'd be doing stuff online and we the year before met a drag queen from la called raya latre she's fucking beautiful her energy is next yeah next she's level. amazing and anybody that's that's in the states has worked with her has had sex with her <laughs> has- She's literally as famous as a drag queen can be without being on Drag Race. Yeah. Like, she... And so yeah. we met her at a drag con, instantly just got on, and then we worked with her that night at a show, and then when she went back to America, the quarantine happened, and then she was um, hosting a show online looking for new up-and-coming talent. And I was like, should I just message her and be like, hey, I'm I'm here. Messaged her, and she was like, can you do Monday? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> My gosh. No, but... <laughs> and the, 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 the competition was for us it was 5am over yeah, here because it was in America she was in America so of course I had to get into makeup at like 11pm at night and just take my time we had to set up a whole entire 
like scene yeah, and backdrop yeah. because it was a competition. It was me against six other drag queens and only two were going through. They had said like, here's the runner up, said the person's name. And the person gone through with all the points is um, Miss Aiden Orange. I shit myself. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 148 out of like 154 or something like that points wise. We say it all the time without that, like that kick up the arse that I got yeah. from that just to let me know that like this could be yeah. something if you really want yeah. to try something and enjoy <laughs> But it was also the fact that, like, one of the queens judging it was a queen called Six. Again, as famous as you can be with that drag race. Huge. But then, like, Eureka O'Hara was watching it. Shangela. Like, Shangela. Judging, judging it. Yeah, and Shangela was judging it. Like, they weren't, like, visually seen, but they were commenting. And that was insane. And then that was, like, the biggest, like, boost. Still blows my mind. Yeah, Still. Yeah. Like, I don't you know. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, but the thing is, you t you seize the moment, and what what you've done is uh, along the way those opportunities that have arisen. You've not just gone, oh look, there's an opportunity, and let it go by. It's like you've you've gone for it, and that's the that's the thing is that you know people can want to do stuff, but without actually taking action, if they don't act upon those opportunities that then present themselves, whether they are at five o'clock in the morning, you've got to be in drag since eleven, and you've got to create all the studio. Yes, it is hard work. However. Look at what happens. Look at the enjoyment. Look at where it, it it propels you to because it's taking that step out of what's you know comfort zone norm. I don't know what you know, but it's it's taking that step out, isn't it? And and being courageous and and doing. In fact, I was just listening to Brené Brown's Netflix um, the other night again about sort of correct, you know, being courageous and. And actually, it's being vulnerable. Is making being vulnerable is is the sort of part of being courageous. And actually, if you put yourself into that position, it, that's what moves you forward. You know, if you sit there do nothing, you'll never go anywhere. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing that I really learned from musical theatre. And like, you know, drama school it is what it is. It doesn't really prepare you for the industry, but it does help you like hone your talent. And our drama teacher was amazing. And she used to say like, "Oh, it's all about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Push yourself out of your comfort zone." And, you know, when I was lucky enough and, like, when I did Joseph, I got to be an uh, alternate narrator. And I remember, like, again, you don't get enough time to rehearse, you get pushed onto stage, not ready, all that sort of stuff. And I remember I was doing the opening number and I did the big note at the end and I cracked over everything. It was the biggest, like, ooh, Scooby <laughs> note. And to the point where everyone on stage was laughing and then, you know, you think for a second the world is over and then and then nothing happens. Everyone forgets and you move on. And I just remember, and I always say to people, like, if that happened, like, that happened to me on stage and then nothing happens. And you just think, like, now you just you just have to go for things. You really do. Because you've got to remember that everyone's dealing with their own insecurities as well. So at the end of the day, like, if you're not pushing yourself, well, you're only worrying about what other people are going to think. And most people have no idea anyway. And like, they're not an expert in that field. So you just got to go for it. And I, that's what pushed me with the drag more than anything, because I'm not necessarily the most flamboyant gay person. And so stepping into that world of like, putting on dresses, like I wouldn't touch a dress for a long time. I was all jumpsuits and it's still to this day, I'm, I'm not doing nails. I don't want to wear a wig. Like I want my muscles out and show, like I don't want to be girly in that sense. If we overthought things, we wouldn't go for them. Like, and we've just had to be like, just go for it. Because like, you never know what opportunity can 
outcome of anything, really. Like how you say, if we've... I am the overthinker. Yeah, true. Like, I have been in many moments where I've been overthinking stuff that it's maybe even stopped me getting a job. It's, 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 it's stopped me getting ready for a gig. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but then I've got this one next to me, being able to kind of, like, push. Yeah. You know? I think the thing is, is that, like, I've always been very lucky in life that I have always done what I've wanted to do and I've managed to do it well. And I think com- with that comes a balance of, like, arrogance and confidence. And there has to be a little bit of arrogance to be like, oh, I'm just going to go and do it anyway. But then you have to have that moment of humility if it doesn't work out and learn from it. And I think that's the balance is that I've always had that ability to just go, I'm just going to do it. And if, if it's worked, it's worked. And if it hasn't, I'm not arrogant. Why do you say arrogance? Because it could also just be confidence. But confidence, yeah. I don't think is enough. I think it's self-belief. I think it's having that. I don't think it's, I don't, I agree. I don't think it's arrogance. You've got to have that self-belief and coming back to that vulnerability and confidence and courageousness. It's just being prepared to put yourself out there because like we've said, if you don't, it doesn't happen. And, you know, by doing that, by taking that step out. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst? Like you say, if you, you your voice breaks midway through. I mean, I won't even go out singing because I cannot sing a note in tune. So there's there's no chance. <laughs> I did think about doing a sort of a my. I'd like to teach the world to sing parody because it would be so bad. But <laughs> but you know, I think it's you know it's great that you you do do that because it's it, it is pushing yourself out and it's and being like you've said just doing drag your way because that's the difference because when everybody then jumps on and does it everybody does it the same and people get called out for doing something slightly different it's like as you will know that I have um, another account that where I wear latex on Instagram but you know I'm a size 14 you know and I'm not I'm not sort of your typical stereotypical uh, I don't know 18 year old with a size 6 body that looks you know, it's got your pneumatic mammaries at the front. You know, I'm just not. And but you know, it's about enjoying it and having fun with it, and and being yourself with everything that in in, in whatever it is you do. You, and you've got to do it for yourself and not for somebody else because. People will always have an opinion, but they'll have an opinion based on their own sort of experience of life and their internal drives and how they respond and how they react. But actually, if you're doing something that feels good for you, that brings you joy, that ultimately will then attract joy back into you, and those that don't like it, well, that's their stuff and they need to get on with it, really. Yeah. I mean, when we do what we do in drag and people come up to us and say, that is the best night I've had for years, I haven't loved that much for years, like... That's the love, the thank you, the thank you, the thank you. And I'm like, no, 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 thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, 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 but, but that's all we do it for. I mean, we love it, yeah. but if it wasn't about bringing joy to other people, then we wouldn't do it, you know, because we're not in academia, we're not doing jobs where it's, it's a completely different mindset and yeah. a focus. We're, we're about bringing joy to people. And, you know, it's the same way as if you watch a performer and, you know, they were good, but what did you get from it? Maybe they were a bit self-indulgent with the way they performed. You know, for us, it's all about the audience having the best time, you know. And that's why even at performances where we spot the people that are just oh, yeah. so reluctant to just give in and oh, just yeah. have a good time, we go straight up to them, you know. We force it out of them because at the end of the day, they'll come up to us and go oh, thank you for doing that. Actually, I really, you know, I'm sorry, I was just a bit awkward at first. But it's, you're right, it is about joining. It is about looking at what the audience wants. It's not about what you're necessarily getting out of it. That's that's the sort of the side effect, isn't it? You get the joy and the pleasure out of them enjoying themselves. And, and that's the truth of all of life, isn't it, really? It's not about doing something to get it out of, get, get something out of it for you specifically. You you do what you do because you enjoy doing it, but actually it's, it's how you can help and serve other people and living and having a happier and 
healthy. That's why I love doing the podcast. I love sharing sort of like your stories and the people that I speak to and sharing that with the world because you know, it gives aha moments to people. It makes people feel that they're not alone. It makes people understand that they're not the only person that thinks like that, acts like that, behaves like that, or that it might be okay to do this, that, or the other. It's okay to be yourself. Because I know, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are places, I mean, this podcast downloaded in over, it's like 129 countries globally. And I know there are places, you know, within the world that, you know, unfortunately, you know, they don't have the freedom that we do have. And it's, it, which is very, very sad. And I remember, in fact, Going back a years a few years ago, I recruited somebody into a client of mine from my recruitment business, and he'd come over to this country to be with his partner. Um, I don't know if they got married or not, but in his country, he couldn't be outwardly gay, you know, and it was to actually come to this country to be with his, I think he must have got married, be with his husband and, and, and then actually find work and get a job and a career. And he was like, oh my God, he was so appreciative and it was so lovely and it was just like so heartening to think that you'd sort of helped somebody on that journey to live a better life, you know. But it is, isn't it? It's about bringing joy and that's that's just great that, you you know, you've both created your, your life in the way that you want it to be. So you've got that flexibility and that time to take out when you want to take out and then do the things that you love doing because it brings joy to others. I mean, it is hard. Like at the end of the it day... Is. Sometimes there'll be days where I don't want to check my bank account. And no, I just, but I always think like, but I, when, especially when I was doing musical theatre and I was auditioning and stuff and I was younger and I didn't really have a kind of other career, I've done the office jobs. And I always say that like, I would rather have next to no money than be working for someone else in a job that I hate. And, you know, I still have my dark days where, you know, Aiden has to remind me of that. But it's, uh, <laughs> thanks. It's it's true, you know, because the thing is, I couldn't imagine not doing this. I really couldn't. And I, in, with my upbringing, like, because I was good at school and I could do academics, my mainly my dad couldn't understand why I would want to be a performer. Why would I want to be a singer? And I just said to him that however much you think I might be wasting my academia... I'm wasting my talent if I don't at least try. And, you know, that that really was the turning point for me when I was, like, 15 and decided, no, I want to be a performer, that that's, that's what I'm going to do. Because it really... It's, it's really strange now to think, like, God, imagine if I didn't. Imagine if I didn't and I was just this guy that could really sing that people always said, like, why aren't you a singer? Why aren't you a singer? And I didn't do it. And we even, on Instagram the other day, saw something. It was a woman saying, like... You know, the thing about talent and the thing about passion is that when you're 70 and you're sitting there and you're thinking, why didn't I go for it? That will haunt yes, you, you know? Exactly. I just couldn't let that happen. So, yeah, that's that's why. And even for Aiden as well, like, you know, Aiden was saying that, you know, I've pushed him and stuff. It's because I've always been very lucky that I've never needed that person. I've always just done it because I wanted to do it. And to see the talent that he had with photography and the talent that he had as a performer, I was like, no, like, you you have to do this. Because the thing is, I know what you guys are saying about, like, it's not arrogance, it's confidence. But the thing is, there's loads of confident people out there that won't go for things. And where I, when I say arrogance, what I mean is that there has to be a little bit of delusion to go, I'm just going to do it. Because to be able to do that and not think about what people are going to think of you, that, for me is where it just tips into a little bit of arrogance just because you have to go, I don't care what people are going to think. And to me, that's not confidence. Like, you're a confident person. Uh, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's yeah. what I'm saying is that, like, and, and then it's not about being able to take critique. It's about being able to be humble as well. But you have to have that little bit of extra, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what people think. Because 
like there's so many confident people out there that don't go for it because the confidence True. isn't quite enough. You have to have that extra something, whatever you may want to call it. Otherwise, everyone would go for everything. Bit there's of loads daredevil of spirit. Daredevil spirit. Yeah, daredevil. Yeah, that little bit I of mean, like. You've just I got like, to those sometimes, haven't you? I mean, I, you know, I, you know, when I deliver talks, when I decided to do this, when I, the things when I've had, a, you know, sometimes what you've been saying, Joel, how you describe yourself and your actions. Okay, yeah, that's a bit like I am. You know, it's just like if I decide I want to do something, I just can't like go ahead and do it. I mean, when I did my first talk ever, I'd, I'd actually. Um, booked myself onto delivering a talk at the Best You Expo and then realised after I'd booked myself onto it and I had to pay to do all of this that, um, oh, yeah, maybe I ought to have something to promote. Oh, well, I'll better write a book then. So <laughs> I did a download, did mental download. Then my book editor found me. That's a sort of real synchronised sort of way of we met, how we met. And they had to defer a year for the Best You Expo whilst get the, getting the book finalised, edited, published, etc. And then delivered my first ever talk to a room of 45 people. I mean, it's not like the normal way of doing things. No, it's not. It's not. But it's but it's having that like kind of grandiose just mentality of like, but I want to do it. So why wouldn't I do it? You know, and I just, yeah. And I'm very happy that you are doing those things as well. And I'm glad that you're Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm delighted that you're both doing it and, and you're here on the podcast. Hey! <laughs> Oh, it's been absolute. It's, oh, it's just been great getting to know you both. It's absolutely brilliant. So, so where where are you performing at the moment, and how can people get hold of you both? So we are at the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel or the Hard Rock Hotel. Hi, the Hard Rock Hotel in Marble Arch. So we're there every other week. Mm-hmm. So there is it this weekend. We're there this weekend. Yep. Um, yeah, that's then, really good fun. Week. Really, really good fun. That's hosted by Copper Top from season four of Drag Race. Oh, okay. And we also. Our yeah. wonderful drag sister, Sophia Stardust, who will 100% end up on Drag Race. Otherwise, 100%. there is something wrong with the world. <laughs> Even though you don't want to go on it yourself, Joel. <laughs> but she'll be fine, or it will destroy her. Who knows? Um, so then we're also at the Old Pack Horse in Chiswick every first Tuesday of the month doing our drag bingo. That's going really well. That will probably extend to... Um... No, no, it's not going really well. It's going so well <laughs> that the last three times that we've been there, we've had to turn away... 20 people because there is no seats. Really? Oh my gosh. You need a bigger venue. (laughs) We're in the talks now of changing the way the room is set because they have a restaurant and a pub. So they're going to try and only on our day, move the restaurant over and then move us into the restaurant because it's bigger. Uh, But what was really nice with some of those really busy days, because obviously everybody just wants to be there and they know they're at a drag show. So anything can happen. So we basically just cleared the bar and then had people sitting on the bar. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Sounds like Coyote. Coyote, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that. We have, like, various brunches that we do as well. We have a disco brunch, a 90s brunch. Love it. Um, that's once a month. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. Yeah. But um, just check the social media. Yeah, check the social media. Yeah. So how, where are you? What are your social media tags? And do you have any contact websites or anything like that? Where can people find you? Websites. No one uses websites anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find me on every piece of social media platform that there is out there. Aiden Orange, A I D A N, and Orange is in the colour of my pubic hair. Joel, <laughs> I'm less inclined to social media. I'm just on uh, Instagram, and that's Joel Berman Vocals. So that's J O E L B U R M A N Vocals. And that's for both Miss Joelle and Joel. So you're going to blast us out with a, a, a couple of lines of something or do you want to uh, leave it as we are? It's entirely up to no, you. No, let him sit. 
Oh, make him sing. Don't make, him sing. Oh, don't make me sing. Um, no, I do like doing We Like My Fire, which goes a little bit like, um, Help me escape this feeling of insecurity. Oh, no. I need you so much, but I don't think you really need me. Yeah. Oh, no. But if we all stand up in the name of love and state the case in what we're dreaming of, I've gotta say I only dream of you, yeah. But like a thief in the night, you took away the love that I knew. Oh, yeah. Yay! <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's just impromptu. That has been brilliant, 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 brilliant. Thank you so much. So honestly, thank you both so, so much. And uh, everyone that's listening, you know how to get hold of Joel and Aidan. They're on the socials, uh, Aidan Orange and Joel Berman. Um, so you'll find them on there on their social platforms, or you can drop an email to me and I can pass your details on to them. And you can find me at sarahjnaylor.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review, subscribe, follow, share, do whatever it is that you do. And yeah, until next time, lots of love to all of you all over the world. Take care and goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.